We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get next his nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. My favorite things is a cold intro. Some, you know, after you after you shock him with one, I got a question for you, Ty Dunn. Where did your hatred for shopping cart offenders come from? <laughs> Man, I really don't know. I wish there was some unbelievable story that just spawned this pure hatred for people who don't return their shopping carts. I think it was more gradual, though. The more that I saw these just abandoned carts. Right, left astray in parking lots at Lowe's and Walmart and Target, what have you, Wegmans. I've, I, I think I had an emotional connection to those carts, probably. And I felt I felt bad for them. Well, you know, you, let you me were, ask you, you this: home. Do you know about Drew's story with seeing somebody push one into the ether? I've wanted to tell you this story in person for a long time, but here's what I'll start with. This is probably where this emotion comes from. It's called the shopping cart theory. The way you test a community, right? It's, It's one of those things like they talk about how character is the things you do when nobody's watching. The way that you can test a community and whether or not you want to live in it is where, like, go to the grocery store. Like, Go to the grocery stores and look and see whether people are returning their carts to the corral because it's a it's a thing that there's no consequence for not doing, but it inconveniences everybody if you don't. Mm-hmm. And so it tells you a lot about the, the community, the height of narcissism. Really. Do these people care about their community enough to do their part and by and large, take their carts back to the thing? If they do, that's a community you want to be a part of because it seems like they care about the people around them, even if they don't know you. Whereas if they're all if they're scattered shot throughout the parking lot, it means you live in a place where everyone is on their own and they don't care. 
who you are, what your struggles are. They'll inconvenience you at the drop of a hat. You don't want to be a part of that community, correct? Perfectly said, Drew. Exactly. So this is the shopping cart theory. Now, I lived around the corner behind-ish, uh, the Dick Road Wegmans here mm-hmm. in western New York. And I'm getting in my truck, and I've got these toolboxes that are built into the side of it. It's Ram boxes. It's not a plug for Dodge, but if anyone wants to drive one, they're great trucks. Um, I carry all kinds of shit in there. All my roadside assistance stuff. I also have over a thousand cable ties in various sizes, whatever, because I don't know what kind of trouble I'm going to run into, and I've found that cable ties can fix a lot of things. Cable ties and duct tape might save the world someday. So I'm going to my truck and I'm putting my groceries in the back and I see this guy. It's a, it's a Honda Fit. Do you remember those? The Fits. Little four door, 48 mile and a mile to the gallon, little micro cars. And I watch this guy with one of those mini shopping carts from Wegmans and he's putting his groceries in the back seat on the passenger side. And then he walks around the front of the car. Now, mind you, he's parked 50 feet from the car correct? Mm. And he gets in his car. And I'm watching this as I'm unloading my giant grocery cart because I got kids. I got shit going on. And I see this. And he's in his car texting. He's not in a hurry. No. He's in no grand. No. But that cart is still sitting there by, his, by the back end of his Did car. Did you take action? And he's going to leave that thing there. And I know this. And I don't know why, but for some reason, that just rubbed me real raw. So I went into my toolbox, and I got out a 12-inch cable tie. I didn't say a word. I just walked over, grabbed the cart, put it next to his car, and zip-tied it to his rear door handle. And he's looking at me. I'll never forget it. He's making eye contact with me as I'm doing it through the back window. True story. You're not dishumoring me. Right hand to God. I zip-tied this thing, and he's looking at me through the back window with this fish-out-of-water look on his face, just, and I leave, because my thing was, you could have done the right thing, and you could have put it in the cart corral and gone on with your day. Now you have to solve this. That's a problem that you now have to, I don't don't know where you were going. You were too busy to put the cart away. Now you get to figure it out. I go home, and I, I go home, and I tell my wife this, and she goes, Someone's going to shoot you one of these days. I was like, yeah, but that day's not today. Baby. That day's not today. <laughs> you, I mean, that is the, the, the silent shaming that needs to happen more in society. It's simple, to the point. He, he knew what your point was. He knew. He knew. He, had he knew he was on the wrong. He, he knew like, he was guilty. The whole thing is, if you didn't leave it there, my, my father always used to tell me, life is just actions and consequences. Morality really doesn't... Eh, it's fluid. Actions and consequences. Yes. You left your car by your... You were going to leave this thing. The consequences of you doing that, now it's attached to your vehicle. Don't do that. And this won't... And, and who, and now I he bet has, you he'd returned his next upteen carts, I would hope. By now, he's probably forgotten. But it's out there. It, it kept him honest for a little while. 
We need more of more vigilante justice more for Shadows. I don't, I don't think these assholes out I at every opportunity. Do not think you forget that as a person. Yeah. That like just, the day someone makes you go into Wegmans and ask forever. for scissors because yeah. you don't have them in your car, you're like, I need to cut this shopping cart off. Was there eye contact made? Oh yeah. He was staring at me through the back window while I was really wrenching it in. Did you <laughs> Did you did you mouth any words? No. Did you? What was the look on your face? Just almost stoic, because I'm just stoic. like because I wanted to be like, don't be angry, because then he might feel threatened, and then he can call the cops and say you threatened him. Nope, we're just this is that's a, amazing. I am the living, breathing consequences of your poor. And you choices. got in your car and drove away. <laughs> got in my car and drove away. He didn't. He didn't get out of his car. He didn't say anything. I don't think he knew what to do. I think he was so stunned that he just took it. He probably sat in his car and did the liberal thing and yelled, This isn't fair! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right now, a whole bunch of people are real mad at Chris. Ty Dunn's he here. He just screamed, No! No! Why me? It's like, oh, I'll tell you why, if you have the time. Guys, Ty Dunn's in studio with us. We're here, and I want to talk about the state of the AFC post-free agency. And I have, like, trust me, as you know, as I craft these shows, I do have a reason for this. This week, if you heard our earlier show, we talked about the Bills need to grow offensively in ways we could manufacture that, picks that we might, how we view each of the offensive positions they might invest in. It's not hard to see why. For having one of the top three quarterbacks, we can say that, right, Ty? Top three quarterbacks in the AFC? I would put him number three. Okay. At least. Yeah. Okay, minimum number three. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like Burrow. I like Burrow. Burrow it's gets points it's off for wearing floral suits. <laughs> They're consistently flummoxed by those other two quarterbacks. Yeah. The Bills are constantly beaten by those other two quarterbacks when they run into them in the playoffs. They just haven't had the firepower to keep pace. The Bengals have the strength of their wide receiver room. Great offensive head coach. The Chiefs strength of their offensive line. The best play caller in football and an all-world quarterback. The Bills have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, that's it. It's not hard to see how we come in third in that race over and over again. It sucks to say that out loud. Like, it hurts. That's, you know, we'll see. Time will be, you know, we'll see what happens over time. I do think, though, that if there's another playoff loss, more disappointment... More punting on fourth downs. However, the season could end. You're going to have a lot more fans verbalizing the reality that the wrong coach yes. left the building. One hundred percent. Brian Dable is, in my opinion, one of the top offensive minds in the sport. What he did with Daniel Jones last season, Chris, in, the in guy New took York Daniel Jones from a, a slouch that everyone hated to. What, like Pro Bowl caliber? Making $40 million a year. Making 40 Money maker. Yeah, and I, I think it's even beyond the innovative stuff. I mean, players love to play for Brian Dable. They want to run through a wall for this guy. He's, he's forward-thinking with how he manages a game. His very first game as a head coach against Tennessee, as a five-point underdog that day, what does he do? He goes for two to win the game. Why not? Yep. Yep. Why not? Show, show your players you believe in them. Yep. Right, Your actions... Should show the guys on offense, I trust you to make a play. And he's doing that with the New York Giants. And then you have Buffalo time and time again kicking chip shot field goals in these moments. And in the playoffs, for whatever reason, in the regular season, they are aggressive. 
Playoffs, not so much. Well, punching you think in about the it, opponent's end. Like, what, show your guys you believe in them. What think we positively. have offensively, it's literally going into those matchups against those upper echelon teams with one hand time behind your back. It, you are that guy trying to fight juggernauts, and you're undergunned. That's just the reality of it. It's why most sports books have the Chiefs booked as the repeat favorites for the Super Bowl in 2023. Even though they haven't done anything amazing on offense, they trust Andy Reid. They trust Spagnuolo on defense, especially with a young defense that just won a Super Bowl by the skin of their teeth, but they won it. Those kids will get older. They'll get more mature. They'll settle into their roles. You could argue the defense for the Chiefs can't get worse than it was last year. That team will be dangerous. Like that's why they're the favorites, and then the Bills and Bengals sit with even odds. The Bengals have done some shuffling; their defense is mediocre, but their offense is so good that when it's on, it's really, really hard to stop them. I mean, it doesn't matter who you have. I, I don't care if the San Francisco Forty Nine ers are one of the best defensive teams in football. I don't think they could have stopped Cincinnati. Right. Like at the end of the season when they were really clicking, I think that. That Super Bowl, Cincy versus San Francisco, I still think I still think the AFC comes out on top. We have all the weapons. We have all the quarterbacks. We have everything. And that's what makes this interesting. And yet, after this free agency period, right, like, there's been a lot of churning in terms of the odds behind the top three. Previous division winners who are taking a demolition hammer to their f- entire roster... Mm-hmm quarterback questions, guys shuffling deck chairs around, just trying to compete, up-and-comers continuing their ascent. I don't know. So, Chris, why don't you put that up there on the monitor? Yep. Uh, Zoom in on that. So, these are the current AFC Super Bowl odds. Hmm. Chris, get in there. Oh, come on now. Oh, you mean you can't? Okay. Yeah. It's the whole thing. So, here we go. This is it, Sans Houston, which, first of all, plus 18,000 18, <laughs> Super Bowl odds. If you really believe in the Houston Texans, you might as well throw down, right? I mean, Chris, $100 to win you 18,000. I feel like I have to put money on that, just because. I mean, Indy. It's like the 10. office. If anybody gives you 40 to 1 odds, you take it. Indy gets Lamar Jackson. They're looking pretty good. Well, and this is it, Indy. Plus, so, so you look at this. Do you, like, well, do you think they get Lamar after the draft? I think it's one of, if not the most likely, landing spot for Lamar Jackson. Do you not dra- really? Yeah. Do you not? Uh, do you not? Let me do this. Do you not draft the best tackle at what are they at four? Yeah. Right, four. Draft the best tackle at four, then offer sheet Lamar because then at that point you're giving. Next year's first and the following year's first to Baltimore. But and then also maybe offer that tackle as part of the package that they will inevitably try to negotiate. I'll say this. I think what's going to prevent a lot of teams from what is preventing a lot of teams from even considering Lamar Jackson. I mean, the guaranteed money thing is a conversation unto itself. It's the fact that you're going to have to change your offense in yes. some degree. I, with Steichen as your head coach... I mean, he just took Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to, to the Super Bowl. He's 
He's an innovative guy. I, I think that he would use Lamar Jackson in the right way. I think you have an owner in Jim Ursay. I, yeah, I mean, he said the quiet part out loud about guaranteed money, but he's yes. just wild enough to do something like this. Here's the crazy thing. like If we're talking about it, the Lamar Jackson contract situation, you've talked a little bit over at GoLongTD.com about it. I'm sure there's more coming as this story unfolds because realistically, like this whole thing could be its own 30 for 30. Like his career to date and just the current contract fiasco. Watson comparisons, right? People have joked that it's the Browns' revenge on the Ravens just decades later after they stole their football team. (laughs) Guaranteed money for quarterbacks has been a a sore subject. But I think what a lot of people who are railing on this going, oh, I've seen people claim claim racism. I've seen people claim that running – oh, he just had a bad offensive coordinator and that's why his value – people forget that guaranteed money to quarterbacks isn't unheard of. It just can't be on a max contract. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you worked covering the the NFC North for a long time. You worked in Green Bay. Kirk Cousins did the thing where he took less money but wanted three years fully guaranteed, and he got it. And he's not a world beater. He's never held an MVP trophy like... All the one-year deals before that, too, yes. right on the tag. He's quietly one of the richest quarterbacks in yeah. football. But when he wanted his guaranteed money, he took less in order to get it fully guaranteed. It sounds like Watson wants his cake and wants to eat it, too. And unfortunately, owners and GMs don't have any palate for that. Here's the thing, though. I feel like I, mean, I like Lamar Jackson more than most. I think he's just one of one. There's nobody you can even compare to him. And, yes, the last two seasons, he ended not even on the sideline, right? He didn't even travel. He was not on the field. I would still take four, five years of guaranteed money tied up into Lamar Jackson, tied up and do whatever, a sixth, a fifth of your cap over wandering in purgatory at quarterback like so many of these teams on the screen do. I mean, the Bills. The Bills lasted no, almost, twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. Not really knowing what you're doing at quarterback and convincing yourself that, oh, you know, Trent Edwards is the guy and Fitz is the guy. We all love Fitz. Here, here's the reason uh, JP Laws. I mean, one here, after another. Here's the reason Indy makes sense to me. They're a franchise that's accustomed to winning games. They're lucky enough to have gone from Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck. To then there was like that lull, and then like, oh, Philip Rivers is here. Oh, wait, we made the playoffs. Awesome. And everything we've done since then has been shit. Uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, these things have all blown up in our face. Yeah, they've gone on to retreads. You will, so this is it. So maybe this is the time where... Clearly, they have an appetite for veteran quarterback talent. So you're right. Indy does make a lot of sense, (laughs) especially when you look at the way that owner and that. I I feel like Ballard is just kind of an extension of Ursay. I I don't know how much autonomy he really has. I I do wonder if they're tired of of veterans and they really do want to. I'm sure they want to break in. They don't want one of these rookies that they love. Who knows who they love? Who knows who they take it for? And if they don't get that player, then it's a different conversation. Then it's, okay, you draft 
a player at a different position and you you've got to go the Lamar route because sure. what else what else what are your other options here Gardner Minshew so guys the chart that I have in front of us right now is every AFC team their Super Bowl yeah. odds the quarterback and how many games against playoff teams they have and there's some interesting things to kind of glean from that one of them and I want to ask you this which is stranger seeing Tennessee at the third worst odds in the AFC or that the Patriots, who were literally in the playoff race until the final week of the season last year, are just one rung up the ladder from them at plus five, what, 5,500? Which one of those is more surprising, to see that Tennessee fell so far or that New England fell so far? Probably, I guess Tennessee's not too surprising because the wheels came off in the middle of the season. And they, I mean, they just fell apart. Well, their GM, I, I give him credit, like as a petty person, the fact that he, the day that they lost to a team that slaughtered them with AJ Brown, he was like, "All right, that's the nail in the coffin. You're fired." Not only did you just watch the guy you traded away eviscerate you, but you're also fired because I feel like that's your fault. He was gone. He's gone. Yeah, you know what? To you know what surprised me more than than both of those is. Jacksonville being kind of in the middle of the pack. I would go Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Jacksonville. I, I think the See, Jaguars are poised to make a big move this season. Like, I, I love the idea, Chris. New England being terrible, you'd take it, right? Yeah, I would take 1990 New England Patriots all over again. Like, what? something you just said. It's got my brain working. For a team that was awful in 2022, what about Denver? No, I can't go over Denver. Now, here's here's my question. Why is everyone like I look at a I look at a Broncos team that has wide receivers that has like they've got wide receivers, they just paid multiple offensive linemen to keep their quarterback upright. Russell Wilson is not that far removed from top 10 quarterback in the NFL seasons. With a defense like they have, if Javante Williams can eventually get back to being even a shell of what he was, I'm sure they're a team. Like, everyone wants to talk about Bijan Robinson being a part of what, like, the Bills draft plan should be. That team needs a spark. And their spark plug running back that they drafted at the top of the second round isn't going to be back for half the season. They're a, a candidate to take a Bijan Robinson early in the draft because they know they have wide receivers. They have a guy who's been to two Super Bowls, won one of them, lost one. They've got a great offensive head coach. They've got like they have enough tools that I don't think they need to do a lot of work. They could be a landing spot for Bijan Robinson, and it would make a ton of sense. I guess I just why is everyone so down on this team? I kind of like Samaj P. Ryan too. Yeah, they picked him up in free agency. Seems like any time he's started for Cincinnati, he's yeah gaining a hundred yards. Mike McGlinchey overpaid for him, but he's a good run blocker. You can yes. see what Sean Payton's trying to do, right? Yes. Like he wants to run the ball. Get Russell Wilson working off play action. Take the pressure off of Russ Wilson. Yeah. I, 
I, I think that Russell Wilson was the problem as much, if not more, than Nathaniel Hackett last season. I mean, we were really forced to watch Denver far more than we should be allowed in a civil society. Well, look at those commercials. Broncos, let's ride. Oh, Fuck. God. What? What? Those subway commercials, you Brutal. should be shot for that. That was bad. Like in some countries, not the United <laughs> States, you get shot for that. Well, I, I'll, I'll draw the line there. <laughs> I will say he's like I'm not willing to be as hyperbolic as you. Oh, can't you? Can't you do be the spokesman for Subway, specifically the one next to Tops in North Boston, if it's still there? <laughs> what I said is what you know. Here's Subway is very average, right? Yeah. Quiznos was always better than Subway. Oh, yeah. Back when Quiznos and 100%. Subway were kind of on equal footing. I mean, there's no I love comparison. that you know that. <laughs> when Russell Wilson and those Subway commercials went viral and we saw just, I mean, it was it, it was awful. I mean, I, I, you can't unsee those clips. No. Geno Smith missed an opportunity. Geno Smith really should have struck a deal with Quiznos. Quiznos missed the opportunity. I mean, those two should have partnered up. And Quiznos would have absolutely just leapfrogged all the competition and gotten right on par with Subway and then surpassed Subway. Poke fun, poking fun at those Subway commercials, really. I mean, they they they, they had a missed opportunity there. I, I do, but Who you're would have seen Russell Wilson getting outplayed by Geno Smith last year? I, I did not. It's wild. I mean, that Denver-Indianapolis Thursday game, that's about as god-awful as it gets Fair. watching any sporting event. Doing podcast prep, I'm watching it. I literally said, fuck this, I'm not watching this. I couldn't stop watching. And I turned over, and I went to sleep. You did. You stopped. My wife kept watching, because she said, she goes, I've never watched, she goes, I've watched college football with you, I've watched this, she goes, I've never watched guys making millions of dollars look worse than amateurs. Who don't get paid. And so when I woke up, they were in overtime, and I'm rubbing my eyes going, wait, is this is this a, a bad dream? What, why is this still on TV? What's happening? It's, what, it's so funny you say that. That's like one of those, it was one of the rare games last season where we all know exactly where we were watching this game, and it was <laughs> one of the worst games of all time. I mean, we, like we were talking about our kids earlier and how I, – I, I go to bed early now, yep. like eight nine o'clock, because they're getting up early. Yep. Yet that night, <laughs> put the kids down. My wife um, is a big foodie in Buffalo at Feed Me underscore Buffalo, okay. so she's always you know posting reels and pictures and you know letting you know what what to eat in town. So she had like a, a foodie dinner with her foodie friends, you know, and so she gets back at like. I don't know, 11, 11.30, and the game's in overtime. She's like, wow, you're still awake? I'm like, yes, I cannot stop watching <laughs> this god-awful football. It's, it, it's, it was like a, a continuous car crash, you know, a Blues Brothers-style car crash where one just hits it's the, Tommy next Boy. the next and the next and the yep. next. It, it's the car crash from Tommy Boy. It is. And here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the analogy. No, I've never, I've never seen this movie. I just remember the reaction to this movie. Um, I swear I haven't seen it. But I compare the game to Human Centipede, right? I, okay. I, I would imagine it's it's something so vile. Funny no. story about that. My Doug Roloski, who was on last week's shows, uh, roommate of mine for a while, used to constantly. He thought it was funny. 
I'd get drunk and pass it on the couch, and he'd turn it on on Netflix oh, and just leave it the room. It was on Netflix? Yep. Wow. He would turn it on and be like, Drew's going to wake up in the middle of this. Because <laughs> he knew how like against the uh, the co- the whole concept oh, of it I was. Sickening. So he would try to ambush me with it, where he's like, he's sleeping on the couch, he'll never know, and then he'll wake up in the middle of it and have no choice. Like, well, the, the script it. writers for the NFL clearly were the script writers for Human Centipede, right, with that game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was awful. So you don't hold out much hope for them, but you're. Hey, listen, you're bullish on on uh, Jacksonville. Love Jacksonville. Okay. Now, the reason that I put this list together, and kind of the reason for this whole conversation, Chris, if you want to warm the pad up. Oh, that. <laughs> hold on, let me get to it. Yeah. All right. All right. So here's what I know. Now. We watched, right? Like, there's a team that probably should be really interested in trading for Lamar Jackson, but they're not, apparently. They have other plans. And that's the New York Jets. Like, let's talk about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And this is something that you professionally have kind of like, again, we talked about history kind of coming full circle. Look at this list. Like, the Jets, who were a non-playoff team last season, are now the fourth best odds, according to Wingate. Respectable sports book. Yeah. <laughs> Stunning. Fourth best odds in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. And if you listen to Connor Hughes of SNY Sports, which we played at the top of a show a couple weeks ago, they probably deserve to be higher on that list. Chris, what do we think about that? With all due respect, and remember, I'm saying with all due respect, that idea ain't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. <laughs> Ty, this concept that these guys are going to be world beaters now once they get Aaron Rodgers. First of all, they don't have a quarterback on their roster at all right now. Except for the guy that they shunned. Like, they shunned him. He get, like Dwight from the office shunned. Shh. And then when yeah. they needed to talk to him, they were like unshunned and then reshunned. All right, you're back in the closet. Now, you, like, I guess, like, most stories are best told from the top. You guys at Go Long TD broke 
kind of this story that there was a schism happening within Green Bay. Can you expand on that a little bit just so our listeners understand what took place there? No, and just and just how yeah. you you and Bob McGinn happened across this. So that was February 17. So we're talking what five, six weeks at this point. Yep. And at that time, most of the reporting around Aaron Rodgers was, yeah, you know, if he wants to be back, Green Bay will take him back. Um, and Bob, you know, it's long story short, I, I wrote at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for five years. Bob has been there since 19, he's covered the Packers since 1979. Um, so he's an institution. I mean, nobody has covered the team better than Bob McGinn. And he's still unbelievably connected. No, he's not on the beat living in Green Bay day in and day out covering the team in that way. But I think what people tend to forget is that phones do exist. He is always talking to people around the NFL and still extremely connected to those very familiar with the intimate planning of the Green Bay Packers. So he didn't say – now he's at Go Long. He's, he's writing and podcasting with me over there for subscribers. He didn't tip me off at all ahead of that show saying like, <laughs> that he had anything. Like he's just like, hey, Ty, uh, right before we hit record. So I got back from the Super Bowl – uh, we delayed. We were going to wrap up the Packers season, and I, I kept. Delay. I was really busy. You know, Super Bowl and the combine hadn't hit yet, but it's doing a lot of different things. And so we eventually did it. And right before I hit record on on our Zoom, he goes, "Hey, um, why don't we just talk about Aaron Rodgers this episode, and we'll do the rest of the team next week?" I'm like, "All right, that's fine with me." I'm like, "Do whatever you want," and he just dives into it and says, "Green Bay is moving on to Jordan Love. Green Bay is finished with Aaron Rodgers." Green Bay is sick and tired of of the antics, quote unquote, disgusted yes. with the quarterback and the fact that they paid him all this money. He blows off the offseason. Physically, he's not in shape. It shows they struggle. He's not working with the young receivers. And that they most of all, they view Jordan Love, quote, as Aaron Rodgers 2.0. And that if Aaron Rodgers even wanted to play, he'd have to be a backup because they are that confident in Jordan Love. So post a podcast and <laughs> people lose their, their damn minds. I mean, of course. All over the place. And, he, and I'm, not, I'm not even talking about like the Twitter trolls that we were getting into earlier. I mean, reputable national reporters pushing back. Um, you know, and these are, I think they do a great job, but like Jeff Darlington, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, one by one out there saying, oh, if, if Aaron Rodgers wants to return, my understanding, they would say, is Green Bay will take him back. And I can't remember who said it, but one person that kind of alluded to Bob's report is over, overhyped. Right? Yep. Um, so, okay. You know, we, we took a lot of bullets, took a lot of shit from did. people. But you did but, what you but, 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 I mean, I, I don't question Bob for a split second. I mean, he you know, and he, he described it as, yes, there there are some instincts involved. He covered the team for a long time. But above all of that, it was straight from sources with intimate knowledge of the Packers' preparations and plans for 2023. Exactly. And that was is... the meat of it. And so, of course, Pat McAfee's on his show saying, oh, Bob McGinn talking about his instincts. Uh, I, don't, I don't care about that. Like, I mean, just blatantly lying on mm -hmm. his show to his, his legion of followers. So, no, it wasn't that, Pat. It was direct sourcing, direct knowledge, and... The truth shall set Bob and go on free on the exactly. matter. Exactly. Because as we see, I mean, 
I don't think disgusted was a strong enough word when you hear Mark Murphy speaking at the Wisconsin State Girls Basketball Tournament, Brian Gutekind speaking at the NFL owners meeting saying, yeah, you know, he Aaron prefers to go through the media. We'd like to speak privately, but he just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly disgusted and ready to move on and execute a trade any day now. Um, and it will be the Jordan Love era. Here, here, Chris, this is what I love for for Tyler and for Bob over Go Long, is they get, they get to have their moment, their Fletcher, uh, oh my God, from uh, Liar Liar, where you're just and the truth your door. Yeah. will set you free. <gasps> oh, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <sighs> It, I said Fletcher Doyle. I worked with him at the Buffalo News. Yeah, <laughs> Fletcher. <laughs> no, not him. Not that Fletcher. <laughs> and I almost said Fletcher Cox, and I was like, wait a minute. No, he wasn't a lawyer. He just sacks quarterbacks. <laughs> no, realistically, though, you guys did the thing, and it was brave. The way you guys weathered that storm, you did the thing that most, and you experienced what most truth-telling it puts you in that barrel where you go, listen, I'm going to tell the truth and a lot of people don't like it. I'm going to have to weather this storm of criticism. Do you feel vindicated in the aftermath and what we're seeing now? I mean, it's always good to see the uh, reality play out in public the way you hear I was texting you. Right? I was texting you during the Pat McAfee presser where I was like, look at this asshole. He just can't help himself. Like, he's trying to make himself a sympathetic figure, and at the same time, he it's like a jacket that doesn't fit right. Oh. Because by the end, he still couldn't help himself but taking like a not that thinly veiled threat. Like, I'm gonna post a... Like, I'm gonna make a threat to my old team. Like... Well, everybody's friends for right now. Shut up, Aaron. Fucking, what are you going to do? He's, well, and everyone's like, well, he could show up for camp. Yes. And you know what would happen? Everyone would just look at you like you're an asshole. <laughs> it's how they're already looking at you. He doesn't, ha- I don't think he could bring himself to do that. Because to him, that would be, well, when has he ever showed up to OTAs? Everyone's like, oh, when he shows up to OTAs, he's never showing he's up. He's not to going. OTAs. He is absolutely not going. And I, ego wise, I don't think he would put himself into no. that place of a potential embarrassment. No. Uh, what if they were like, fine, suit up and go run less? I mean, that's why he said he intends to play for the Jets, right? Exactly. He's, he's going he's gonna to avoid that scenario completely. His Green Bay is that gung ho with a Jordan Love era. And yeah, I mean, that whole hour. Um, on the YouTube program there was was very odd. You know, when he starts by saying, I'm not the victim and I, paints himself and then as paints a himself victim. Like, I mean, that's, and that's like the I said, book we've seen Where before. I turned it off was where he said flat out, he goes, well, you know, like, we're all friends here. We're all just trying to walk away as, as long as everybody does what they need to. And it's like, you can't help yourself. You could have just not made a veiled <laughs> threat at your previous yeah. team, but you couldn't help yourself. You're not the good guy here. Now, his pending trade with the Jets brings us to this conversation with them somehow being put into this stratosphere. We've already said our piece in the matter. But as someone who's followed him, who knows him, who has covered him in his career, watched him last year here in Buffalo, is he the savior of New Jersey football? I like that you said New Jersey. Uh, no, I, I do not think he is. <laughs> You know, there. I, I'll start with this. There is a chance 
that Aaron Rodgers is extremely pissed off to the point of giving a shit and puts in the work this offseason to have the season of his life in 2023. He's very close to Nathaniel Hackett. Their relationship is as, as close as it gets between a quarterback and a coordinator. They were far closer than he ever was with Matt LaFleur. Here's a question, though. Hackett wasn't really the play caller when, like, no, look at his no. resume. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, right? Yeah. They're close. I do like the drafts. Joe Douglas has done a really good job of sure. drafting outside of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year is as good as it gets with Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. So I guess the question is, for a GM who's done this well, literally built you a team in one draft. In one draft, he hit on more picks than some GMs get in multiple years. It's owner-driven at this point that you would sacrifice draft capital to go get an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it's it's owner-driven, too. I mean, I think they're tired of drafting quarterbacks and it not panning out. And Woody Johnson, he's been wanting a quarterback for years and years and years. I mean, but at the same go time, back he, to Brett Favre. Like, but they at the took same that time, he swing. could go get an, But at the same time, he could go get himself a Lamar Jackson right he, now. He could, but I think that at this point, I don't think it's even a consideration yep. because they don't want to completely change their offense. Yep. I'm with you. I've, if I'm the Jets, it's like, here's the deadline, Aaron. Here's the jet deadline, Green Bay. Like, Either we meet this deadline, and here are the parameters, Aaron. You're showing up to OTAs. You're putting in this work. If, if none well, of this works, did we're you hear Salah? Salah already said that he's like, what? Because they asked yeah, him, yeah, he I says, saw what that. if he's not there? He doesn't he, care. He's already waffling on. I don't think it's not that he doesn't care. Aaron told him, I'm not going. I think it, <laughs> probably. Well, and so, how does this play out in your mind? Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York Jets and becomes the most influential person in the building. His narcissism gets here. He finally gets what he wants. You're the guy who calls all the shots. You got your friend's but he, job. The thing is, he had it in Green Bay. They gave it to him. Sure. After after he dragged them and then he out into the he public square in the summer of 2021, um, they begged and pleaded. They convinced him to return. They they trade for his buddy Randall Cobb, who's washed up at the expense of Amari Rogers. You drafted in the third round. I mean. He he has full autonomy at the line of scrimmage, and now he's basically the assistant to the assistant to the general manager. He had everything he could possibly want in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's incubated. I lived out there. There's not a lot going on. It's all football all the time. That's a good thing if you care about winning. If that's what you're interested in, you're not going to worry about TMZ and paparazzi and all that. Now you're getting thrown into that environment. Uh, he does feed off of the media attention, so maybe it fuels him. I tend to think it's going to fluster him. Oh, when he and gets what, to New York? What happens when they're 2-7? and seven? When like, that media... Well, not, here's the worst part. It's not 2-7. and seven. It's what happens when you're 2-2 two and two and you win a close game against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo or worse, in New York. And people are leaving frustrated. Those journalists, Joe Benigo has said on his podcast, Chris, have you have you listened to any of that? Not lately. I've listened to it. One of the things he's admitted to is that local journalists in the New York market, they know their audience. They know how to they know how to feed themselves. He goes, you learn how to get paid in the New York market. And you base your content off the temperature of the fan base. Because there's so many people. That's thousands of clicks if you say something they agree with. So what happens is the day that they lose to the Aaron Rodgers Jets lose at home to the Buffalo Bills, 
by a field goal, a 62-yard field goal at the gun, and now everyone's angry. And that media is going to go out there with an agenda, and they're going to write like they have an agenda. And Aaron Rodgers is going to look around and go, wait a minute, I'm not in the cozy confines of Green Bay anymore. These journalists aren't all on the team payroll. They don't suckle at the team's teeth. These guys will exist without me. And they don't give a fuck about you. They'll ask some questions to get how long before that turns into a problem. It's going to bother him, for sure. It's, it's absolutely going to bother him. And he can go one way or the other. I mean, any think about what he's he, he's felt the need to kind of snipe back at any parcel of, of media coverage. Right, yeah, and one and one side he's telling you know Adam Schefter lose my number, and then at the other side he's saying oh you're 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 getting the narrative all wrong. Well, if he's getting the narrative all wrong, maybe he should have your number. Maybe you should converse. Maybe, maybe you should, should talk. Chat. Right, but instead you know Kaylin Kaner writes an incredible story at the Athletic on a lot of the stuff we've talked about to go along too on the signals and how there's two offenses and within one it's so hard for a lot of these receivers and young players to get on the same page as Aaron. Because he's at the line of scrimmage, he sees the same thing as Devontae Adams, boom, they're audible into something that they ran five years ago. Yep. Like, that's hard to get on that level. She writes that story, and he's just bitching about it on Pat McAfee. Calls it the dumbest thing he read all year. And it was, and Pat McAfee said, oh, all these anonymous sources, they were all the record. <laughs> what, <laughs> are we, what are we doing name. here? Everyone put their name to what they right. said. I mean, if that pisses you off, you know, it wasn't a negative, cynical story whatsoever. Yeah, what happens when you're on the back of the tabloid week in and week out? Um, yeah, he's unbelievably sensitive. He has been that way for a long time. He cares deeply what people think about him, what they say about him, what's out there. Um, it could spontaneously combust. It could be used as a source of fuel. I don't know which way it goes, but there's no middle ground. Chris, they're either going to be the brightest comet in the sky or this thing's going to be a bottle rocket. Yep, it's, totally It's going to be the Challenger there's, there's mission no that just, just, it never gets off the launch pad. It's going to be incredible. Like, here's what I'll say. The fact that the Jets are being talked about as the, the outlier, like the fourth, right behind Kansas City, Buffalo, <laughs> Cincinnati. I wish that, like, with in Vegas, I wish almost like shorting stocks, I could take the under on their season win total. Guys, if any of you know where I can get that kind of action at a sports book, tweet us at Rockpile Report. I I want to know where I can short the New York Jets season. Now, what I love about this is that being a subscriber to GoLongTD.com, I found out about all of this mess earlier than any of you. And it's why I love being a subscriber to it. It's it's not just that you tell interesting stories and you humanize the game of football. You also you guys have legitimate connections. And I think throughout this process, you've been exonerated. Not just exonerated, but like, this is, this is the crucible. You got put in it. And your work stood the test of time. It stood the test of literally <laughs> players going on me in the media, detracting the things that you said and did. How did it work out? <laughs> Ty, I, I fucking love it. No. I appreciate everybody for listening and reading. That was just a podcast, right? We didn't write anything. God. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bob is unbelievably connected. He knows people in the know. How connected? This is... Let me ask you this: Does he have Cowherd's number? <laughs> <laughs> he does not. He does not. <laughs> He's not as cool as you then. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's going to go one way or another, and I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be fascinating. But I'll say this. I, I give Green Bay credit for having a backbone, for doing the right thing. It's a year, two years too late here. They could have gotten, what, three, four first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers if they had the guts to do it when he was uh, saying what he was saying before. But they did it, and they're moving on. And and Jordan Love is ready at this point. He changed the calculus. So right. I think that year two to year three jump for Jordan Love is what really pushed this over the finish line in Green Bay's mind that he needs to start. It's time for this first-round pick to play. At this point, I would take a 24-year-old Jordan Love over a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a better player right now. Well, he's an athlete. Yeah. He's <laughs> going to run the offense. It's like when Tom Brady left New England yeah. in 2019. It was like, listen – the fact that you're here making the money you are is one of the reasons we can't get the things that you now need because you're so unathletic. Right. They needed to strip that thing down, and then they made the playoffs the year after he left with a rookie quarterback because they got cap relief. And they said, listen, we'll spend money on guys. And they built a team that eventually took a shovel in the face in the first round, which right. is one of the greatest moments of my entire life. Like, I'll never forget that game. But with that in mind, like, they at least made the move. Green Bay's making the move. They're saying, listen, it's time. Yeah. Nostalgia does not carry anymore. And, and you know what? Aaron Rodgers went 6-10 in his first year. Yep. It might not be a Super Bowl sure. team this year, but... You have to start somewhere. You drafted him in You've the first round, and you page. have a fifth you year option. Him. You believe in him. You have He's to put see. In the work. You have yeah. to see what he looks like to know whether you want his fifth yes. year option or not. It'd be malfeasance as a GM if you didn't. Completely agree. Yeah. Last question before we wrap this thing up. Out of the teams, I have three outlined in green up there. But I, 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 you're higher on Jacksonville than I am. Although you look at that games against 2022 playoff teams. Hold on, can we get to this? A couple years ago, we did this oh, no. roundtable po- oh, no. podcast oh, yeah. with the Rams podcaster, <sighs> and this was that. after they Jacksonville had lost to was it Pittsburgh in the AFC title oh, game? Yeah. No, so the Patriots, Patriots. Patriots in the AFC it was title the year game. The Patriots won it. So that next off season, we were doing a roundtable podcast, and how many beers? I, you were a lot in. It was the last thing we did for the night, so I wasn't a part of the show. The I'm, prosecution. I'm. I'm, I'm just producing. I'm just handling the production <laughs> for Drew on this episode of this podcast, and he was like, "Oh, Super Bowl." Jacksonville. It's going to be Jacksonville. And I, I had to go, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I like cut in. I'm like, hey, I, I'm Chris, Drew's producer. I'm sorry. I have, to, I have to step in here. I drew. I was like, Drew, I got to break it down for you. Just <laughs> super simple. You're telling me that Josh McDaniel and Bill Belichick are going to be beaten by Doug Marone and Nate Hackett. And he was like, yeah, they are. You were close. <laughs> you were close. If Stefan Gilmore doesn't go fully horizontal to break up that pass to D.D. Westbrook, yes. Blake Bortles put that on the money. It's it's a different ball game. It's a different ball, a different game. ball game. So I don't be- think you're that off base. So between these guys, I'll give you the Chargers, Miami. I liked Denver until you, you just eviscerated. Yeah, right? I just shit on your point. Sorry about that. Jacksonville. 
I'll give you Jacksonville now. These three who all somehow fall under the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Who are the real threats in here to you know, take a jump forward maybe into that group of the big three? I like the Jags because I like Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, that combination. That marriage. Russ Taylor, is, too. Dude, look what they did in a single. Uh, first of all, Urban Meyer. Like. Yeah. Grab ass in his way through things, kicking kickers. Oh, like you remove the disease, and then they they had money and they 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 spend wisely. I mean, look at the Foye Oluwakan at linebacker, yes. one of the best tackling machines in the NFL. Evan Ingram was great last season. Yes. Zay Jones, and of course Christian Kirk. Everybody made fun of that contract. He was, he was great. He was great. He was great. And now you bring in Calvin Ridley, which. I think as you see in free agency, there weren't really many receivers worth paying money for. No. Alan Lazard. No. Kobe Myers. The fact that you got, got, got Ridley for what you did is, you, is a steal. It was a forward-thinking move to get a receiver who's better than all these guys who got suspended for something stupid. I mean, the league's telling you to gamble at every turn. Of course somebody in the league's going to pop open a nap. But they're going to be loaded on offense. I mean, Travis Etienne really came into his own late last season. The defense is, is good with potential to be great. I go back and forth between Jacksonville and Miami because I think Vic Fangio may be the best defensive coach in the NFL, and you have studs on that defense. You've got yes. Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Ramsey, Z- Zane Howard, um, Javon Holland. You said Javon Holland, yeah. I mean, he's going to get the most out of these guys. Yeah, That defense is going to be loaded and really difficult to move the ball on this year. So... Yeah, I think Miami is – Tua is a – I mean, Tua might Fuck. be one concussion away from not playing football. So that's kind of a big deal in Miami. <laughs> yeah. But if you can avoid that via jujitsu and everything he's doing, Miami could be in the mix too. God damn it. Low on the Chargers? I just – I was really high on Brandon Staley early on and the aggressiveness. At this point. I mean, to have the epic playoff loss that they had, I, <laughs> I don't know how you – that's the kind of loss that could linger. It really is. This is where you fire um, Staley at the end of the year if it doesn't work out and go right to Kellen Moore? Uh, I mean, Kellen Moore doesn't excite me either. No. I mean, I like Justin Herbert. Hey, the Chargers They're going to pay go, him. Hey, guys, the Chargers will go right back to being what they've always been. Uh, yeah, also, Rams who are mildly entertaining. The demon is still in the house. It's still <laughs> in the house. It's always been there. Chargering is real. I love it. Guys, this has been fun. It's been a fun exercise. I still think that we can admit when we look at what the Buffalo Bills have right now, you are pre-draft better than the Miami Dolphins. You're still better than Jacksonville. I would still put Buffalo ahead of those teams. I think that they're right there. I'd be worried about them. Yes. But Josh Allen, if you maximize the quarterback, that's why I will beat that horse bloody dead because it's that's you've got a window. Take advantage of it. If you go out there and you invest in the offense the way teams like Miami have, the way teams like Jacksonville have, the way even the Chargers, even though we're – the Jets have invested in their offense more than you have. Go do the thing. Go do the thing that makes your team successful that keeps you in the top three. If they do that, I don't think we have anything to worry about. If they don't, now this list becomes a lot more dubious. I'm just glad that we're reaching the end here because these Montuckies are going right through me, man. Yeah. yeah, I I appreciate all these. Where can people find your work? 
Where can people find your work over at GoLongTD.com? And what do you have coming up? Well, what's a – tease a little something. I think that <laughs> – as a cough and heck along. Um, so we have a column up right now on the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to have a, a story up. It's going to be up now by the time people listen to this, I'd imagine. I talked to Leroy Butler, Hall of Famer, probably the best ambassador that the Packers have. He's – he revolutionized the safety position, invented the Lambeau Leap, all that stuff. But even the last two decades, he's traveled the state. He meets with fans. His fingers at the pulse of the team. So I thought as this divorce is kind of going, you're going through divorce court. It's really messy between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He's the perfect person to talk to. And he did not hold back. He was raw. He was honest. He had things to say about Aaron Rodgers that people will want to read, I believe. And then we'll be getting back onto our long-form profile game very shortly. Usually you're going to get one of those a week, but this Bill stuff, this Packers stuff, it's too hot to ignore. So we've been trying to stay on that. I love it. I love it. And here's what I also love is that Chris has also been through divorce court. Ow! Yeah. Zing! We were, oh, we, bang! Back in, brutal. An, back in another lifetime, we did read the divorce papers on on the show. That's how, no! few, that's how few fucks yeah. we give. In fact, I got licensed... I, I legitimately paid a fee to get licensed to deliver the papers to her, and then it didn't become necessary, but I was ready and willing. That's what friends do, right? Oh, man. The I the game, the thing of that, I remember it was going to be, because she works at a, she or I don't know where, at the time, she at worked a at, a, at a vet clinic, so Drew was going to take his, his puppy, Bullet, and she's like, oh, yeah, my, my puppy, it, it's so sick. Sick and tired of you being married to Chris. Divorce papers. Here's your papers. I'll see you in hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, we're bad people, Ty. I love that you're hanging out with us. Guys, we got to get Collins, out of here. What are you going to do? Right? North, Collins. <laughs> North Collins. What are you going to I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. Tyler Dunn. And this has been your Rock Pop Report. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.